0: Welcome to the 49th Meal Podcast. My name is Mitchell Howe, and I am your host. I'm going to take you along a journey throughout the state of Alaska, where we will meet the men and women that make the food that you love. All right, everyone. Welcome to the 49th Meal. I am your host, Mitchell Howe. And today, we are speaking with Arctic Harvest. We have Jason and Kyla. Kyla here. And uh, they run Arctic Harvest, which is kind of a really unique business, and they've been through some major... Changes and challenges here in this COVID-19 time, so I will let them introduce themselves and their business.
1: Hi, I'm Kyla Byers. Um, the owner and founder of Arctic Harvest Deliveries. Um, started about five years ago, and yeah, just kind of been evolving with it since then.
2: I'm Jason Croft. Um, I started with Arctic Harvest in January. Um, prior to that, uh, I've been in and out of just about every segment of the food industry, seafood industry down in Sitka. Um, Worked at Fire Island Bakery here in Anchorage. I was a line cook for many years um, and a farmer. So I felt working with Kyla in Arctic Harvest was really a great fit for me because I've been in so many of the shoes um, that this job requires and the people that we
1: work with.
0: And now um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what Art Harvest is and what you guys do.
1: So, yeah, pretty much um, we started off as a wholesale business. So essentially helping create connections between local farmers and uh, rest, uh, restaurants and chefs um, in Alaska. So that was kind of the basis to start, just helping create that connection and provide um, – that transportation piece and kind of the aggregation piece that was missing. So instead of the chefs having to call around to every single farm and say, hey, you, we're looking for this, what do you have? And then the farmer's having to individually bring it in to deliver it and just kind of that craziness that can come from that and <laughs> trying to figure out logistics. We just streamline that and just make it so just, you know, chefs can call us and we can we have, you know, a line with all of our farmers that so we can easily know what they have and can um, organize transportation. So, yeah, that's kind of how it started. And then it quickly evolved to um, – I saw a, a need and a demand for kind of a, a retail side of things, too. So with um, kind of like community-supported agriculture and people are subscribing to essentially commit to, to buying local produce for a whole season. So we started kind um, of our own uh, CSA or farm share program as well. Um, started super small. I think I had like a dozen people the first year we did it. And now... This year, I mean, we're up to 300, which is insane and kind of partially due to COVID. But, um, you know, we were at 150 last year. And so that part of the business has really, really grown as well.
0: Nice. So now with this COVID, obviously, we know a lot of the restaurants got shut down and they're being very slow to open up. So how is that? What What are you seeing on your side of restaurants opening up or is a lot of chefs still... Just hold them back, afraid to pull that trigger to start ordering again.
2: Um, yeah. So, sometime in March, I think it was, as the news started to trickle in that we were entering a pandemic. Really, the the core of our business kind of fell out from under us the the wholesale component. That's where we had been focusing the most most of our energy, and where we had hoped to see most of our growth going forward. Um, however there wasn't there wasn't anything about that that we could control so we had to sit and and watch as our friends and, and partners in the in the restaurant industry shut down their businesses um, without knowing whether they would reopen at all or best case scenario when they would reopen um, fast forward to to now to now which is mid-june and most restaurants that we had been working with pre-pandemic are are at least opening their doors to customers in some fashion. Um, some of them still are not doing dine-in, which has a big impact on their just their overall ordering through us and the, the sales that they that they would normally see this time of year would be what pays their bills, what brings in their profit. Um, so we're slowly seeing reopening. Um, none of them are back to normal. Um, normal is probably still a long ways off normal being a typical Alaska summer with tourists coming in and, and keeping restaurants on their toes with lines out the doors. That's probably not going to happen this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of restaurants and just a lot of businesses adapt to the new, I hate to say it, but the new normal, because I feel it's going to be four or five years before we see, our typical tourist seasons again. And now with that, what has the reaction been from the local community? You were talking about, you had amazing growth in the CSS boxes.
2: Uh, CSA, which which stands Community Supported Agriculture, we we have since kind of moved away from that term and, and sort of embraced a, a different term which is farm shares, where you're buying a subscription for seasonal produce all summer long that we fulfill. So through our vendors, the farms, the 20 plus farms that we work with across the state there's prepayment to reserve yourself a spot as a member of this farm share program um, and through that you get a box of seasonal produce um, from now through the end of September. Okay, uh, actually, from first week of July through the end of September, um, it's really not all that different from what farmers themselves run, which is a traditional community supported agriculture program. We decided to pivot away from that term simply because we're not strictly a farm, but we're running a a program that is it is similar in its um, in its format. So. Same same process involved. As a customer, you find us and um, there's a prepayment to reserve your spot. And with that reservation, you're going to get a box of produce either delivered to your home or you can pick up somewhere in town throughout the whole summer. Okay. And how often do you, do you get that box? Is it a weekly, monthly? Yeah. So folks can choose between every week or every other week. And they have a choice between a standard box, which is larger for uh, families of three to four, um, and then a smaller box, which is for... Uh, one to two individuals. And then either of those can be a week or a bi-weekly option. Um, and this year we added on th- through the demand um, that we saw coming in of folks wanting access to different protein options. And um, we added a seafood share um, with a partnership with a comp- organization in town called F- uh, Catch 49. I was going to say 49 49- <laughs> <laughs> <No>, Meal. That's you. <laughs> Catch 49 Seafood, which is a, um, a nonprofit run through – is it Alaska Marine Conservation Council it's sourcing all Alaskan uh, seafood, everything from salmon to halibut, black cod, um, rockfish, Pacific cod, and our <laughs> our customers will be able to will be able to see that as a monthly box, and we also have a a meat box which is yak, pork, chicken, beef, rabbit, maybe. So really, anything that's grown, caught. Or raised in Alaska, we are sourcing everything from apples to cherries, farm-raised rabbits, um, pigs, beef, you name it. All the fish species that we can get our hands on through uh, Catch 49.
0: That's amazing to, to know that we have that an option like that up here because I know you go down to the lower 48s and there's 10,000 options. But up here, you really don't see a lot of them. And to know that you guys are doing something like that, and including more and more organizations and businesses, I think is amazing. And so what has the response been from the farmers? Because I imagine a lot of them right now are in we're just as much panic mode as the restaurant restaurant tours and everybody else that has anything to do with the food business up here.
1: I think there was definitely a lot of uncertainty with the farmers, especially those that rely on the farmers' markets a lot to make a lot of their income and the state fair too. That was a kind of a big hit to a lot of folks when they announced that was not yeah. going to be happening. So <laughs> people are definitely starting to kind of, you know, try to figure out alternate alternate ways of, you know, selling their produce. With our farmers, we we um essentially do like kind of crop planning in the wintertime with them. So we say, hey, this is what we're kind of looking for based on our last year's sales and projections for this year. Um so we kind of are Rough out what we're going to buy over the summer, so they kind of already know that we're committing to that product. A lot of that product that we did, you know, say we're going to commit to this this winter was going to be for wholesale. So that kind of prompted us to kind of change our model so that we could, in turn, you know, keep those commitments to our farmers, which is super important to us because um, that's you know what we're all about. We're they're here farmers, so obviously we need to like make sure their products getting sold. Um, so yeah, we really did a big pivot to to doing more of the um, the farm share boxes, which allows us to, well, one, sell more product, but also to kind of just have that flexibility with people can people can customize their boxes. So there could just be different options of like, hey, we have a ton of broccoli this week from farmers. So you know, people like broccoli can get get a ton of broccoli, you know, and that kind of thing. Um something that's really made it viable for us to kind of stay afloat and be able to feel secure that we can still move that product for for the farmers. Um, and then one thing that kind of kind of led us to to grow it, I would say, is kind of almost serendipitously, um, uh, we decided to start this kind of once a month bulk ordering this winter. Like, oh, hey, you know, we still have carrots and potatoes and cabbage and just kind of a few things. It's not enough to really make boxes with. But we're like, hey, you know, just, you know, order once a month, get your fill, up, you know, fill up your your fridge or your, you know, root cellar with some <laughs> with some products, if anybody has root cellars. Um, but, um, and so that was going really well. And once kind of COVID hit, we're like, okay, we actually, let's, let's do this, make this a weekly thing because so people aren't wanting to get out. Um, we're offering curbside pickup for those products at the warehouse. Um, so that really kind of got us going with kind of getting the word out, kind of getting people, you know, like saying, hey, we're here. We have this product. Um, and that kind of, I think, slowly kind of rolled in with like we offered some more products. We're offering some like local, um, you know, value added products like chocolate and some like kelp salsa and kelp pickles from some folks in Juno that do harvest kelp.
0: Yes, um, I, I know exactly who you're yeah. talking about. I love them. Super We've cool. been been trying to get them on the show. So if they're listening, please email us. <laughs> we would love to interview you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah. So just yeah, we're just really excited to kind of expand both the farm shares and just some of the offerings that we have. Um, in addition, to like what Jason was talking about with the seafood and, and things like that.
0: So now what I know a big thing in Alaska the last few, even since I've been up here just the last few years. And with this COVID, it really struck home was. The food security scene in Alaska. And it seems like that kind of goes to the core of what you guys are doing. But how do you see with this COVID, do you see that becoming more prominent, that more people are paying attention to it? Or is it still kind of just simmering on the back burner?
1: People are definitely paying attention right now. <laughs> yeah, it's we, we, we've seen it already, This Swiss. The amount of people that have been ordering from us, so we've gotten just emails and phone calls asking about how, how people can get local products. Um, we've really seen it with our with our ranchers, especially. Um, I mean, with, there's like kind of a, a meat shortage nationwide, and so ranchers are really especially getting like hitting hit with that demand. Like, and it's just the butcher plants can barely keep up in the state with with the demand right now for local for local meat. Um, and so I think the same is going to be with local produce as well as soon as it really starts coming on this summer. Which um, I think, yeah, I think that is one of the kind of you know, maybe hidden positives of COVID is that people are really kind of seeing that we are a bit fragile up here and, you know, potentially with stuff like this happening that we do really need to make sure we're, we're, we have a food supply in the state and we're, you know, supporting our farmers not just in disaster, but, you know, it has to be they can't just, you know, double their size overnight, so we have to kind of be supporting them throughout, you know, good times and bad so that we have that, that, you know, security um, in the future.
0: Yeah, that was one of the interesting things. Um, we talked with Alaska Farm Tours a couple weeks ago had them on the show and she was talking about how the ranchers have to, they can't just go out, just buy this big chunk of land overnight because of housing and everything else. And I know living in Sitka, um, we had several times where the barge would get delayed. I never worried, knew what food insecurity was coming from Texas until that barge got delayed and we went a month almost a month on the Island with no dairy products because it got delayed in Juneau. And then by the time it got to us, everything was bad. (laughs) So it's interesting even to see up here in the mainland Alaska to see it come up front and center again. And now where do you guys see, see yourselves going in the, let's say even the next two to three years, Because obviously, with everything going on, nobody knows what's looking like in the future. But where do you guys want to see yourself going in in the next two to three years?
1: Um, I really would like to, you know, help support like new farmers that are coming on, or just have existing farmers expand their operations. That's kind of one of the things that you know I've wanted the business to kind of slowly do is say, "Hey, like we're creating this stable market for farmers, which they didn't really have." In in large scales before, I and mean, there, there was grocery stores, which is as a, a large market, but not every farmer can get into grocery stores. It's it's a really big ordeal to get into a grocery store with all the paperwork and all. It's you know the co- upfront costs with that kind of stuff. So we're trying to be that kind of you know middle size sort of aggregator that can really just work and have those kind of one on one connections with farmers and just really be able to like you know not make it prohibitive for them to get product to to larger customers. So really just kind of be able to create that those relationships and that trust with farmers that when we say you know we you know we want to commit to this product that they know they can trust us and we're finding those buyers for their products so they can grow their farms sustainably and hopefully new farmers can come on too you know that that kind of want to get into farming but maybe don't feel comfortable um that they'll have a place to sell products so if we can say hey if you grow this we'll buy it um and just kind of help create some of that security and stability for farmers um also i'd really I really think it's cool that we're, we're able to add more of these local products on. to the farm shares it was kind of one of the the more of the longer term goal that I had, and just kind of ended up becoming a <laughs> short term, really quick um, thing that we we realized and um, were able to to make happen. So just having kind of a like a full diet farm share, full diet access to to local products, I think is really something that I would like to see the business um, facilitate.
2: Um, that's a great answer. I think I would say ditto to everything Kyla said and maybe just taking a, a, a step back and looking at the, the big picture for where we go for the years ahead. I would like to see that we can sustain any growth that the farmers add on to their operations this year to, to, to match that, um, the increased appetite for local. I want to see us be able to build that um, and, and hold it steady and continue to even grow it. Because there's so much opportunity for more um, small, diverse farming operations in the state. Um, there's plenty of great land still out in the valley, Wasilla and Palmer and the Butte and Sutton, uh, where where new young farmers can get started, where land is not that expensive and the soil's quite good. Um, and same is true up in the Fairbanks area. A um, lot of lot of young farmers up there that are breaking into the Tanana Valley farmers market. Um, and ranchers getting into increasing the, the the state's demand for for local meat restaurants hopefully will continue their support the ones that will make it through this uh, the dire moment that we're in um, hopefully they'll see the value in in continuing to, to promote local produce on their menus and local meat on their menus because I think people living up here um, they know they realize that that, that supply chain can, can be disrupted. And we don't have more than a couple of days, I think as the saying goes, of, of food supply up here for the residents of Alaska. If the barges were to stop running and the, or the, the trucks were to stop coming out the Glen Highway, um, we wouldn't have very long before the shelves would be empty. Um, so our role in all of this at Arctic Harvest is to help build this local supply chain and make it as robust as possible.
0: Yeah, I know. I've, I've noticed in the cooking industry, it's uh, there's been a big shift from Cisco U.S. Foods, that's just where you get everything, to getting more of that local produce cause, and meats and stuff. A, a lot of even just the customers coming in, mm-hmm. that's one of the first questions they ask the servers is, hey, is this local? Where did this come from? And that was kind of one of the things that got me started in this show doing the show was coming from the cooking industry and I'm like hearing all the stories of how different things are made and locally. I'm like, you know, Hey, let's explore this some more. So I think it's, it's definitely a challenging market being in Alaska compared to some other places. But I, again, I, I just commend you guys for seeing that gap in the need for the locals and the chefs and stepping in and filling it. All right. Welcome back. And so now for all of our listeners that have been listening to you guys and they might be interested in uh, getting some shares, some of the farmer shares, or if even if they have a product that they think you might be interested in, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Um, so you can check out our website. It's arcticharvestak.com. Um, there's all of information there about our farm shares, um, which are currently sold out, but we are hoping to, um, potentially add some more people on later this summer. So please do give us, um, give us a shout via email, um, if you want to be added to our waitlist for those. Um, it's kind of a big jump going from 150 to 300 this summer. So we're we're going to see how that goes first for the first couple of weeks. And hopefully we can add some more folks on later. Um, we do have something called a farm stand, which is we only have one more week of that. It's kind of like a la carte type ordering, like weekly ordering. Um, but that's going to be kind of pushed to the back burner once we get our um, subscription farm shares going this summer. So um, you can check that out as well. And you can email Jason um, for any sales questions at, sales.arcticharvest at outlook.com. I'm also on social media on Facebook and Instagram.
0: All right. And for our listeners, if you click up on that icon, you will be taken to our show notes and we will have all their social media links on there. Well, thank you all so much for coming on and explaining to us what Arctic Harvest does and the value that you're providing for the community. And we hope to hopefully work with you guys on some events sometime this summer.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the interview, please go ahead and be sure to check the show notes so you can follow our guests on their social media. And we also ask that you please give us a thumbs up or a rating wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if you did not like the show, well, just go ahead and listen to something else then. Well, nobody needs a negative Nancy. Thank you for listening to my daddy. Here you later. Hold up.